Do you want to stay more focused on the right goals in your life or even just figure out what the right goals are for you? Do you want clarity? Do you want better work-life balance? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to Success Through Failure. Welcome to the Success Through Failure podcast, the show that reveals failure as your path to success. You'll listen to intriguing interviews with some of the most successful people on the planet and learn how their failures became a launchpad for success and how yours can too. Here's your host, former Division I All-American wrestler, former Division I head coach, speaker, and personal coach, Jim Harshaw. Welcome to another episode of Success Through Failure. Today, I bring you Travis Doherty. When I was a Division I All-American athlete, I was hyper-focused and I was able to take consistent action that allowed me to be one of the best in the country at what I did. Well, for years after I was done competing, I just struggled to stay focused on my goals day in and day out. I was easily distracted, so I wasn't able to stay consistent, the kind of consistency that you need to have to achieve goals that are meaningful to you. It was discouraging for me. I felt like I was just slipping kind of into mediocrity. Then after interviewing some of the highest performers in the world, Olympians, CEOs, billionaires, best-selling authors, I discovered how they do it. I discovered 18 powerful and sometimes weird tactics that they use to stay focused at work, focused on the right things while also living a balanced life. And if you start using probably just three of these today, you're going to get more done in the next eight hours. I promise. This is not tomorrow, not next week. These will work today. I guarantee it. It's like magic, but they're real world solutions to it. People like you and me want the ability to stay focused, avoid distraction and be consistent. I use at least four of them every day and have used all of them at some point. Now I'm able to stay focused while I'm at work and get probably 50 to a hundred percent more done each day. I'm more present when I'm home with my wife and four kids. And the result is I have a stronger relationship with my family And I'm still able to achieve incredible goals like being selected to give a TEDx talk at one of the biggest TED events in the world, like launching a podcast and talking to A-list guests and running a half marathon, all of this while having a full-time job that includes frequent travel, working nights and weekends and all that good stuff. So you're going to find solutions on this list that are going to surprise you. Grab your copy of the 18 Tactics to Staying Focused at Work. Just go to jimharshawjr.com slash focus. That's jimharshawjr.com slash focus. Travis is a leadership speaker, author, and basketball coach. He's the author of The Lens, Raising a Champion Athlete and Man in Today's Myopic World. In the book, which focuses on raising boys, but is really relevant to girls as well, Travis gives us clarity to help your son reach his full potential on the playing field and in life. And it provides a powerful vision for who he can become and a game plan for navigating today's short-sighted, narrow-minded youth sports culture. In short, he helps you see clearly what matters most and what doesn't. And as always, for the listener, if you don't have time to listen to the entire episode or if you hear something you like but you don't have a chance to write it down, make sure you grab your free copy of the action plan. Just go to jimharshawjr.com slash action. Travis, welcome to the show. Jim, thanks so much for having me. really appreciate you you having me on. This is a great great podcast. I've, I've gotten so much out of this personally and just thrilled to be here with you today. 
Well, I've gotten a lot out of your content as well. You know, like we talked about the the book that you've written, and and I get your Friday newsletters every Friday. Just uh, just such great content, very thoughtful, very relevant, especially for any parents listening who in in in, in your kids participate in athletics. Or if they participate in anything else, right? It's it's anything else that is sort of results driven, at least in this uh, in this this culture that we are in today in terms of youth sports and youth activities. Uh, this is going to be a very very relevant episode and interview. So, first, Travis, tell us a little bit about your background. Where did you grow up, and kind of give us the thirty thousand foot view of how you got from there to here. Sure. Yeah. Well, I'm a I'm a Central Indiana uh, kid, born and raised. Um, you know, I grew up uh, with sports as an important part of, of my life and my family's life. My dad was a high school and college basketball coach in Indiana for more than 40 years. So I grew up in a gym, um, basketball, baseball, football, and other sports were always really important to me growing up and, uh, have really played an important part, I think, in helping to determine, uh, who I am even now. So sports has always been important to me. I think my dad's experience in coaching really connected me to the game of basketball from early in my life. Loved playing and was fortunate to play through high school and college at the small college level. And then almost immediately after playing finished for me, I jumped into coaching and uh, was fortunate to be a a high school basketball coach in Indiana for for 14 years. Um, Actually just resigned um, last season to kind of pursue some some new opportunities with my book and really just in the hopes of giving my very best to to my kids and my family here in what I think is a real critical time of their life. Uh, but coaching has given me, uh, I think, a great um, a great deal of insight personally into the challenge that comes with uh, sports parenting. You know, I, I had. Uh, the opportunity to to see, work with, and interact with almost every kind of sports parent as a coach. Uh, I saw, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly of sports parenting, and I thought that really clarified for me the sports parent I wanted to be. At least until I until I became a sports parent myself. I think at that point it became more evident to me how challenging that that responsibility is in life. And as you said, um, any, uh, any responsibility we play in parenting is difficult. I, I, the work that I've done is focused mostly on sports parenting, but I think, uh, that's, that's true and relevant for, for anyone who's really helping their kids work to become their best in any area. So, um, you know, the, the book really started as a, um, as a, as a, a personal, um, quest for me. I really wanted to develop a, a game plan that, that I thought could help kind of clarify the sports parent that I wanted to be. And in gathering that information, I think I came to realize that, you know, my experience in coaching and some of the insight that I gained there and the struggle that I was facing myself, um, maybe could, could help benefit other people who found themselves in that same challenging situation. Man, it's hard, isn't it? Being a sports parent. (laughs) I mean, so it's, hard. It's hard enough being a parent, you know, and then and then your kids start getting involved in sports and activities, and you know, it's just so easy to get wrapped up in results and pushing them, and and uh, you know, one of the things that you just said, Travis, that really, you know, it was, it was a small thing, and I think a lot of listeners could just kind of gloss over it, but you said you loved playing, you loved playing, and in in the end, that's really what we want for our kids. We want them to love playing because they they love to play, then 
they're going to stick with it and they're going to have a better chance of actually learning the the lessons that can come with that. So why do you think you loved playing? Why do you think you weren't maybe one of the kids who burnt out or you did it because your dad, who was a coach, he made you do it? You know, why, why do you think you loved playing? Well, I, you know, obviously my dad, his experience in coaching and my opportunity to be around the game um, instilled that love in me. But I think he was very intentional about m- making sports mine. And, you know, when, when you look at the way youth sports have changed over the last 15 to 20 years, I think there are a lot of challenges and issues maybe at the root of that change. Um, but some of the byproducts of, of, you know, more investment, more involvement have led to that burnout. And, you know, I, I really, more investment, more involvement in terms of youth sports, like travel teams and no eight year old national champions, et cetera. Yeah. Right, right, okay. right. You get yeah. the idea. I mean, I think, um, you know, all, a lot of the choices that we make as sports parents today are driven out of a desire to see our kids succeed. Mm-hmm. And yet, ironically, many of the choices that many of us make are counterproductive to developing, for instance, like our child's love for the game. And when we step back and see the big picture, I think any of us would agree, you know, when we love what we do and it creates in us like this opportunity perspective, you know, that we feel energized and, and blessed and joyful to be able to do it. Uh, it changes the way we look at it, the way we experience it and what it means to us moving forward. And when anything in life becomes for us an obligation, you know, we're, we're burdened by it or stressed out because we have to do it. It's not something we get to do. Those are the opportunities, but the obligations, the things we have to do have a tendency to kind of drain our spirit. And unfortunately, I think if, if we aren't intentional, even despite our best efforts and the successes we're hoping to promote for our kids, we can very easily create, uh, an, an obligation perspective when it comes to our sport, our, our child's sports experience. When what we, what we want to create, what, what we hope to create is that opportunity mindset. So how do we do that? How do we create and cultivate that love for a sport or an activity? How do we create, like cultivate that, that passion as opposed to saying, no, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta do it. You know, you signed up for it and you gotta do it. Um, how do we, how do we cultivate that enjoyment, that fun? Yeah, that's difficult. I think that's, I think that's one of the great challenges that we face. And again, you know, I, I think being intentional about, um, what we want the experience to look like for our kids, even before we, we get into the experience is important. I I don't think anybody, at least, at least that I know would say, you know, I I hope my kid has a miserable experience here. (laughs) I want to be part of what destroys my child's passion for playing. Nobody, nobody would say that. And yet because sports provides a very competitive, very emotional environment, you know, if we haven't made some decisions about what we want the experience to look like before we get there, then we have a tendency, even as parents, the ones who are supposed to be in charge, the ones who are supposed to have some clarity, uh, we have a tendency to get caught up in the competitiveness, in the emotion, in the emotion. And when we do that, sometimes um, what we what we want isn't always, you know, what we create in terms of the experience. And so I think knowing up front, even before you get there, 
that cultivating your child's love for the experience is important. It's important for you in terms of your relationship, and it's really important for their success, especially as they get older. You know, there's going to be, if your child's serious about playing the game at a high level, no matter what it is, for me, it was basketball for you. I know wrestling and, and again, even beyond sports, if your child's a musician or an artist, there's going to be a huge commitment that they're responsible for accepting if they really want to be great at it. And for, for any of us, our love and passion for what we do is what sustains the burden of that commitment, you know? And so, you know, I think it's, it's so important to recognize that at the end of the day, we're talking about a game played by kids and we have a tendency to overcomplicate that in, in many ways as adults, but, um, you know, an intentional perspective, even before we get to the experience, I think is an important part of, you know, I I remember reading a, uh, a some research that was done a few years back and they interviewed athletes and, uh, you know, I think there were, there were maybe they weren't youth athletes, but they were, uh, I guess some of them were youth, but maybe were high school and, and kind of reflecting back on their, their youth experience. And, and they asked the, uh, they asked the, the student, the, the athletes, what they wanted to hear most from their parents. And the number one phrase, number one thing that kids want to hear from their parents is this, is I love to watch you play. I love yeah, to so watch simple. you play. Not it's so simple, right? It's not, you know, you missed that, you know, you missed that shot or you screwed up here, or you made this mistake or did, you know, why didn't you do this differently? It's simply I love to watch you play. And a kid, you know, in, when a kid internalizes that that mom and dad love me, they love to watch me compete, that takes the burden off. And and now I can now now they can compete and try and and work their hardest and 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 you know, work through failure, the inevitable failure, the inevitable, inevitable, you know, missed shot or, or, or last minute, you know, mistake that, that cost you the match or the team, the game, et cetera, then, uh, then you can work through those things. Right. Yeah. And, and uh, as a matter of fact, Jim, that, that study, th- those were college level athletes that were asked that ah, question. Okay. I mean, those are, those are, you know, athletes who have done what so many sports parents hope their yeah. young athletes will be able to do, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. who, who gave that resounding answer. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've tried to be intentional about taking that message even farther with my own kids by telling them, you know, I love to watch you struggle. I love to watch yeah. you fail because I think you would agree, you know, your, your Ted talk has been, has been a great, um, has been a great encouragement in the work that I've done. And I think those messages align, uh, very closely, but I I think the reality for, for many of us is that we recognize that, you know, our kids experience in struggle and in failure is actually an important part of helping them become successful. And when, when we take that, as you said, we take the burden off that pressure that so many of our kids feel. And it's that pressure that, you know, really undermines our kids' love for the game or creates a burden on them that they're not capable of, um, of, you know, continuing to work through and work under. Uh, when we remove that from them, we cultivate that love and we, we set them up to 
you know, continue in the experience that, that we help them move forward, uh, so that they can continue to learn more, to grow more, to develop more. And obviously that's the goal for all of us in whatever our kids do is that, um, we're providing for them the opportunities they need to learn what it takes to be their very best. Yeah. And I want to key on something you said there is, you know, when you take away, whenever you, Whenever you communicate subtly in in some way, shape, or form that you can't handle the struggle, you can't handle the failure, so therefore, I'm going to blame the coach, I'm going to blame your teammates, I'm going to blame the system, then you're taking away, you're making it easier for them, and you're actually making them feel, oh, I guess I can't handle that. I guess I'm not capable of handling struggle and failure, so mom and dad have to come in and, and swoop in and save me, right? Yeah, no doubt about it. And, um, you know, I, I think for, for me, a great analogy when it comes to to helping our kids develop that, the toughness, the the resilience, that fortitude that's required for them to be their best, this idea of like taking the gloves off of them and and letting them do the work. You know, when when our hands are exposed, let's say, uh, when any, any work we do with our hands, with a, with a tool in the yard or the garden, or when we lift weights or in, in any other area, uh, you know, the, the parts of our, of our hands that are, that are weak and, and are too sensitive. When we do that challenging work, they get exposed, they, they blister and that, that experience yeah. is painful, but what's the result of the, the pain, the experience, the blistering is that not only do we heal, but we get tougher yeah. in those important areas where we need to be able to, to have toughness to succeed. And we're more prepared. Our kids are more prepared by going through a difficult experience, especially if we're there to guide them and help them and, and provide some clarity for them. Um, you know, the, the tougher our hands get, the more capable they are of yeah more difficult work. And I think that analogy is, is a great illustration of, um, you know, what we can do when we swoop in and help create that victim mindset in our kids that you got cheated, that that wasn't fair, that you're entitled to something better, that sure we're protecting our kids from something that might hurt, but we're also, we're also, um, limiting you know, what they're capable of moving forward. And so when we intentionally allow our kids to experience that struggle, that challenge, that failure, sure, man, it's tough to, to sit here and watch them blister, watch them bleed a little, you know, maybe emotionally. But we know that that experience, especially if we're alongside them, uh, can help prepare them for some of the bigger challenges that they will inevitably face as athletes or as people moving forward. Yeah, it gets harder than missing a goal or getting pinned in a wrestling match or, or missing a shot or or playing and having a bad game. It gets it gets a lot tougher than that in life. You know, my kids, if I say, you know, how do you get tough to my kids? They all know the answer by doing tough things. How do you get tough by doing tough things? So, but it, it always, you know, our our desire as parents, you have 3 kids, I have 4 kids. I mean, our desire to protect is it's natural, right? It's normal. It's a, it comes from love, and and it's so hard, you know. I've I've found myself many times, you know, many times trying to protect my kids from from the pain 
because not because I don't want them to experience the pain. I want them to experience the pain. But I find that myself personally, I find myself wanting to like sort of deflect some of that pain so that they're willing to push forward, right? But it's it's sometimes it's it's it it, it has the opposite effect, right? I mean, and how do we so how do we find that balance? How do we find that that balance um, between letting them struggle, letting them fail, encouraging them, pushing them, also setting high expectations, right? You know, and and you know, expecting them to to try hard, work hard, um, but also not being the helicopter parent that we all so so you know you know we can point up point point fingers all around at all the other helicopter parents around us. Sometimes we have to look in the mirror. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. I think, um, I think that's where, you know, our, our intentional mindful decisions are so important. Uh, and again, that's difficult. It's challenging in this particular area of life because so much of the experience happens in that emotional competitive environment, you know, and when we want success for our kids, um, and you combine that with, for many people, the the huge investment of time and money and energy that they've put into it, um, it, it can distort the reality of who you are and what you want, um, you know, the experience to provide. So I think one thing that's important is having having people in your life who can speak truth to you and you being able to accept it as truth. You know, I I think, um, my kids have other kids who they play with, uh, in multiple seasons on, on multiple sports. And I've developed some positive relationships with other dads who are kind of doing this same work that I'm trying to do. And sometimes, you know, just the humility for me to ask another dad, what, what was I, was I too hard on my, on my child there, you know, or, um, what do you think of this situation? You know, sometimes that conversation with my wife is also very helpful. I think having people who you trust to speak into the experience helps provide more perspective. When the only perspective we have is our perspective, then it can be easy, as you said, to look around at the flaws of many other people uh, working to parent their kids and maybe overlook some of the challenges that, that we face ourselves. Yeah. And it's a struggle. I mean, it's like anything else, you know, I, I coach a lot of amazing people and, and, you know, from the outside looking in, they make it look easy. But when you really start to pull back the curtain and start working with these folks, it's hard, right? Success is hard. I mean, success at anything, whether it's sports or business or parenting or anything else, it's hard. It's a battle. It's a struggle. You know, relationships, everything. It's it's it takes work. And so, Travis isn't here for the listener. Travis isn't here sitting here telling us how easy it is. He's just telling us, you know, steps that, that he's taken, steps that you can take, and that he's learned through twenty years of coaching and actually, you know, intentionally thinking and working and researching and writing about this and publishing about this stuff on a regular basis. I mean, this is a guy who 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 also struggles just like us but also has some answers. Um, but any other sort of tactics that we can do? I mean, is it conversations that we can have with our kids and, and our spouses? Is it, I mean, and how do we go about those? Well, I I think one thing that's worth mentioning, um, you, you touched on, you know, just the, the challenge, not only in this area, but in, in working to succeed 
in any area of life today is difficult. And I think part of that is, you know, I use that word in the subtitle of my book, that word myopic, I think is a great word to describe our culture today. That word simply means short-sighted or narrow-minded. You know, it means we don't always see what the results of our actions will be. And I think I think that the culture of instant gratification, you know, what we really value in our world today is what's quick and what's easy and what's convenient. And you said it, you know, the reality of success in any area, building and developing anything great, a great business, a great marriage, certainly building and developing great young athletes and people is not a quick, easy or convenient process. It's a, it's a long, slow process. And Part of success to me in sports parenting is recognizing that reality, you know, that a lot of what we we want our kids to develop, if we're talking about helping our kids develop a love for playing the game, um, an understanding of how to give their best or how to overcome adversity or how to get better, you know, how to get coached or how to be a teammate, what it means to to take risks or to develop a positive attitude, those specific um, behavior skills can't be given as some sort of one-time gift. You know, you can't, you can't just wrap up toughness or courage or selflessness and give it to your child for Christmas. It can only be, it can only be taught and developed sort of a one slow step at a time. And I think part of success not maybe in just in this area, but in any area, when we're talking about building and developing something great, requires that we accept the reality of the process, that we see the big picture, you know, that we don't create this sense of judgment or comparison on like where our kids are today, but that we've got we've got a vision for who it is they can become. And then we're committed to doing the work it takes to help them, you know, move one small step closer to that vision each day. So when it comes to what does it take, I think that's really at the heart of it, realigning our perspective so that we recognize the reality of the path. You know, you, you referenced the path. It's a, it's a long, narrow path. I love the, the quote from Alabama football coach, Nick Saban, he says, listen, it takes what it takes, right? There aren't a lot of options if you want to be great at anything. And for us, it's, it's our responsibility. It's, it's our opportunity um, through sports to help our kids develop that perspective themselves that we can help them see here's what it takes to be great and here's the path we have to follow. And if we can't do that for our kids, then it's it's probably going to be more difficult for them to be able to do it themselves. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to role model it, got to live it out. And, and like you said, you know, talk about surrounding, you know, surrounding the kids with, with other people who are influential like that. And that can uh, be the part, just part of that. Like I've said many times, that environment of excellence, it's so important, and, you know, having your kids around, around the right other kids and the right other uh, grownups who can, who can pour into them and pour those right men. Bought uh, Jocko Willink's book, Warrior Kid, and uh, my, my 11-year-old son's finally reading it. You know, it's kind of sat on the Kindle there for, for a few months, and, and finally he ran out of books, so he was like, read Warrior Kid. So he's reading it now. And it's just another one of those things. It's, that, uh, it's feeding into him and pouring into him the right, uh, the right, the right media, the right messages. So. No doubt about it. And that's harder than ever to do today unless, 
unless you're intentional. I think yeah. that's where the the perspective is so critical. And even in, you know, looking at the examples of, of people, our kids look up to, you know, if, if my child is an athlete, then, you know, my, my boys love basketball. Then there are certain like, uh, NBA superstars that they love, you know, and I think just the ability to recognize, uh, you know, like for, for any NBA superstar, failure has been a part of their story, struggle and challenge and overcoming adversity has, it's a part of every success story. Yeah. And so, you know, identifying and maybe doing the hard work it takes to research a little bit into the story of those people my kids look up to. That's another way we can just come alongside our kids and say, you know, I, I know you love Steph Curry, but you know, I want you to recognize, I want you to understand this reality of the path Steph Curry has taken to get here. What do our kids see on SportsCenter? Steph Curry making game winners and and Steph Curry the MVP and Steph Curry the you know the champion. Yeah. But right. but what SportsCenter doesn't show is that, you know, growing up, Steph Curry was an an undersized, under recruited, underappreciated young player that he dealt with a ton of struggle as an athlete growing up. And I think when we use the examples of others and then we're willing to model, you know, the, the challenge, the struggle, the failure in our own life for our kids, man, there's so many powerful examples that we can connect to, uh, that help clarify some of those important lessons we really want our kids to learn. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well said. For the listener, I, I recommend you hit rewind on your podcast player and listen to those last couple minutes because that was just uh, that was a lot of truth that just, that Travis just poured out to us there. Travis, if the if the listener says, "Okay, I'm bought in. I get it. I got to be more intentional about this." What is something they can do in the next 24 to 48 hours to really start start moving toward? their goals in this area in terms of being intentional with their kids and sort of seeing themselves as I don't know, the way I, I've heard it described is raising adults. We're not raising kids. We're actually raising adults because they're going to be adults. We're raising them into adults. But you know, what, what is that action item, one or two or three action items that they can do in the next 24 to 48 hours to really start moving towards that? Yeah, I, I think that's so important. Again, it's just being, being thoughtful about, um, you know who it is that we've been. This is this is a daily challenge, a struggle for me when I stop and evaluate uh, who it is that I've been and who and who I want to be, uh, and the role that I'm playing in the life of my kids. I think one specific action item that is worth is worth uh, every sports parent taking the time to think through is really clarifying a vision for who it is that you want your child to become. You know, not not necessarily just as an athlete, but but as a person too, uh, what qualities do you, do you want this experience to provide for your child? You know, is is developing your child's toughness a priority for you, or their courage, or their selflessness, their positive attitude? I think if you clarify a vision for who you want your child to be at the end of the experience then sometimes it helps clarify, again, that path that we talked about already from where they currently are, probably deficient in many of those areas, to you know the, the superstar, the champion athlete they can be in those areas. Uh, I, I love 
the writer and speaker John Gordon. He's been he's been an influential person in my life, and he says um, that creating a vision is so important because if you can see it, then you can create it. And I think that's a great way to look at creating a vision for our kids. Uh, the other thing that creating a vision for who we want our kids to become does is it helps to highlight the gap between where they currently are and where we hope they can go. And sometimes clarifying that that gap exists is a great motivator to keep us doing the important work to help keep them moving forward. And it also sometimes clarifies the specific areas where they're deficient and where we can help them improve. So I think clarifying that vision is so important. And then again, we, we referenced already um, just a commitment to the big picture, you know, that myopic perspective where it's so easy in sports parenting to, to create a real short-sighted, um, narrow-minded perspective where, where all we see is today, all we see is what's right in front of us. And sometimes that distorts the reality of like the outcome of today's event. You know, like we all want our kids to win and winning is important. Developing the will to win in our kids is important. But if we have a myopic perspective, it's easy for the outcome of, of an event to trump the development of our kids. And just being able to kind of refocus on, you know, seeing the big picture does, 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 does my child winning this trophy, you know, our, in, in our youth sports culture, man, we love the trophy. We love to celebrate the trophy. You know, you scroll, scroll through Facebook on the weekends and it's like, it's like a parade of trophies because we love to celebrate when our kids win. Um, but I, I think it's important for parents to see that, you know, our kid, our, our kids can win they can get a trophy and in many respects still compete and play and live in that moment like a complete loser. You know, they can, they can be lazy and negative and selfish and still end up with more points on the scoreboard than their opponent. Yeah. Uh, and at the same time, right. our kids can lose. They, they can miss out on the trophy. They can, they can finish the contest with fewer points on the scoreboard and still play and live and compete like a champion. Sure. You know, they can give their very best. They can be strong and courageous. They can be selfless. They can, they can really go for it, you know, take that risk and really compete. And sometimes when, when we distort the reality of what today means in the development of our kids, it can be easy for us to to lose that perspective. So maybe that's another intentional choice that, that we can make as part of this action plan is making sure that we, that we've got the big picture in mind, you know, today matters, but today isn't all that matters. You know, using today to prepare our kids for tomorrow is really important too. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Well said. And for the listener, if that, the, what Travis is talking about is a productive pause. You know, this is something we've talked about many times on the show, but if, if you're a, a first time listener or haven't listened to many episodes, a productive pause is the single most common habit among all successful people, whether they've been on my podcast or, or any other uh, episode or any other uh, way of come across successful people is is some form of stopping getting off the treadmill of life. It's not doing the secret to success is not doing. It's actually 
hitting the pause button and doing the evaluation because most people just put their head down and, and they run through or they, they do the same thing today because and they do the, they do the same thing tomorrow because for no better reason than that's what they did yesterday. But the productive pause requires you to stop, get off the treadmill, evaluate, do this work that Travis is talking about before you move forward. You can move forward now with a, a strategic plan that uh, will get you from point A to point B. So thank you for that, Travis. Can you can you tell us about a time where you failed? I mean, you you've you've done a lot of ma- of amazing things. You've had a great coaching career. You've written a book. Uh, you're a leadership speaker. Can you tell us about a time, Travis, in your life where where you failed and had to work through that? Yeah, well, there's a there's a long list of uh, of failures in my life. Here's a great example in parenting. I I was actually thinking just yesterday um, when my oldest son was was uh, five years old. He was a uh, he was at preschool and we had set up at the high school where I was coaching. He was in a preschool there and, um, our school during halftime of the football game, the preschool, uh, at our school against the rival school was having a, having a race. It was a great fun event. And, um, so, you know, in a really, in a positive, really fun environment, uh, all the kids at the school had done a lot of like practicing training. It was a great, it was a great experience. And, and my boy did a really good job. He won the race and I was so excited. And this is like a great example of that myopic perspective in, in my life as a parent. Um, and he had so much fun running and it was kind of one of the first times where I had seen him really be successful, um, in like a competitive moment. And so we had talked about like, man, you're really good at running and maybe we should try to do that a little bit more. I try to run a little bit now and then just to stay in shape. And so I told him, you know, maybe sometime you can come, you can come out and, and run with me. And not that I wanted it to be this, this big deal, but again, uh, he was good at it. And maybe this would be the start of, um, you know, in my mind, this lifelong obsession, this, this love, this passion he had with running. So a few days later I said, Hey buddy, I'm going to go run. You want to come with me? You know, and we were just going to take, you know, a couple laps around the, around the neighborhood. And he was excited to come. And so about halfway into the run at not surprisingly, he got, he got tired. And when you're, when you're a boy like that, um, how old is he? He was, he was five at the time. Okay. I mean, he was, he was really young. Uh, and again, I, I'm talking like a real distorted perspective in my mind here. I hope you can see, <laughs> right? Uh, so, you know, I, so then it became an opportunity for me to like try to instill some toughness in him. You know, Doherty's don't quit and we're, we're going to finish. And, you know, uh, some of those, some of those lessons that kids need to learn. I, I had, I had a flawed perspective in that moment of the reality of his experience and, by the time we got done, he was nearly in tears. I was pretty frustrated. <laughs> and um, and I, I recognized after that that um, anytime I was going to run, he would he would become very busy in some other area of life <laughs> so that he was no longer available to come run. And sure. you know, that's like one great example of like what was my desire there? I, I had a I think I had a positive motivation there in helping him get healthier, you know, maybe, maybe find something that, that he liked, uh, and that he could do well. And yet in reality, what did, what did that experience create for my boy? If anything, I probably, I probably, um, I probably removed or, or undermined his, his love of the experience he had running, you know, and maybe, maybe hurt his development. If there was any development to be had there, that, that because he was so young, I I think, I hope highlights 
my stupidity. You know? <laughs> yeah. And yet, um, I think that one experience and other experiences like that have helped me over time clarify the process we talked about, you know, that, yeah. that one event, one experience isn't gonna, isn't gonna define who my child is. It's the daily choices I make to cultivate what I've decided is important in their life, not only as an athlete, but as a person that are going to help define who they become. Yeah, and, excellent. um, that, that's a great, that's a great major dad fail from, yeah. from my young uh, parenting experience that I look back on now and just, it's like, I just want to go slap myself, you know, and, <laughs> and maybe, uh, help provide a little clarity. Yeah. Uh, and, and so for the listener, I just want you to reflect and recognize this is a, this is a guy who, who obviously is a great dad and he studies this stuff, researches this stuff, written on this stuff, writes on it every single week. And, and, uh, and he struggles with it too. So this is something that we can all, all, like I said, be intentional and, and continue to work on. So Travis, thank you so much for making time to come on the show. Can you share with the listener how we can find you, follow you, et cetera? Yeah, I would love to, to connect. Uh, I'm fairly active on social media. Uh, on Twitter, I can be found at um, Coach T. Doherty, Coach T. D-A-U-G-H-E-R-T-Y. Uh, my book, The Lens, is also fairly active on social media, on Twitter at the underscore lens underscore book. Um, also uh, searchable on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, the book's website, thelensbook.com, provides some more insight uh, on where the book can be found on Amazon, through Barnes & Noble, and some other outlets there. Uh, and um, you referenced the weekly newsletter. I write a free uh, weekly newsletter that, that arrives in your email inbox every Friday morning. Uh, if you're interested in signing up for that, you can do that by texting the word LENS, L-E-N-S, to 22828, or you can subscribe online at thelensbook.com. Excellent. And for the listener, I'll have links to everything he just mentioned there in the action plan at jimharshawjr.com slash action. I'll also include a link to, you mentioned John Gordon as uh, one of your inspirations. I had John on the show in episode 117. So I'll have a link to that in the action plan as well for the listener. So Travis, thank you so much for making time to come on the show. Hey, it's been a great pleasure, Jim. Great talking to you and keep up the great work. Likewise. And for the listener, until next time, Take the time to get clear on your goals and embrace failure as a stepping stone on your path to success. 